We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Welcome again to another Kilkenny Today here on Community Radio Kilkenny City with me and Nolan and I'm with you here for the next hour on the show and if you want to get in contact and have your say on the show today please do so on the phones on 056 77 or the text line directly here into the studio 086 353 7782 and we are streaming live around the world on www.communityradiokilkennycity.ie and you just click the listen live button and uh, another uh, packed show uh, on Kilkenny today today uh, in a few moments I will be uh, speaking to Pat Crotty who is the proprietor of uh, Paris Texas in Kilkenny and it's about the hospitality sector returning after COVID 19 and then also as well later on in the show I'll be nearing an interview with Eamon Dorn and he is the chairperson of uh, Ogre Fianna Fáil in Kilkenny and he was speaking to my colleague Morris O'Connor uh, earlier on today and also earlier on today I spoke to Colin Ahern who is the chairperson of Kilkenny Tourism and the general manager of the Kilkenny Ormond Hotel and we spoke about the photography uh, of the year competition 2020 but uh, for now I'm going to uh, speak to Pat Crotty from Paris, Texas, Kilkenny about the hospitality sector uh, returning after COVID-19 The hospitality sector has been in turmoil during the COVID-19 pandemic with a number of businesses saying that they would be unable to function under the current distancing limit of 2 metres on the phone now, I am speaking to Pat Crotty, who is the proprietor of Paris, Texas, Kilkenny. So welcome to Community Radio Kilkenny City, Pat. Thank you very much. Good to be back. So, Pat, what position are you, yourself, and Paris, Texas in at the moment? And how is these new guidelines going to affect you? Well, we're, we're working hard at the minute to get ready to, to open on the 29th. We're hoping that all things being equal, we can do that. And we're looking for clear direction, clear guidance from government as to, to what they will require of us. Uh, there have been guidelines already for business in general. There have been guidelines for the hospitality industry, including restaurants. But they have said they want to come up with a very specific guidelines for bars that sell food. And they announced some of those this morning and they really just muddied the water entirely. And what uh, announcements was brought out this morning, Pat? Yeah, well, they, they specifically said that um, people will be required to complete their transaction, as in come in, sit down, order, have their meal, pay and leave within 90 minutes. Now, if you're going in for a quick bite in Paris, Texas, or a place like it, you could do that. But if you're going to any of our nicer restaurants to have a night out, it's a night out you want and, and you don't want to be cousin down a Michelin star meal in 90 minutes um, so it's, 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 it's an unnecessary uh, addition and I think I, I, I suppose they're, they're trying to apply the science and at the same time they're, they're uh, compromising on it that they, they, they say this COVID 
effects on the basis of time and proximity. So they're trying to put a limit on the time uh, because they're changing the proximity from the two metres to one metre, we're advised. But we don't know for sure yet. Yes, so realistically, that wouldn't be viable. Like you said, if you want to go out and sit down and have a meal, you don't want to be rushing and having to eat that meal in in 90 minutes. No, you don't. Nobody does, no. I mean, if you're out for for a meal and, and a couple of drinks, you're out at your leisure um, and, and in as far as possible. Now, I know on, on the busiest of nights, a lot of places will have some limit, but I never saw a limit of 90 minutes on... on uh, needing to get a table back, but that—that's what they said for the minute. We will—we will just have to wait and see if they stick with that or if, they, if they're prepared to compromise further. And I mean, and uh, one of the ways people can 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 get around that is, you could have two people in a group where one books for ninety minutes and then another one books for the next ninety minutes. And what do you do then? I mean, can you say no? Yeah, because it's a kind of a unfamiliar territory, isn't it? Like you're, it's all up in the air, and and nobody seems to know what's for the best, even. Well, my view is that we have we have done as well as we have done in this in this pandemic, because most of the people have done the right things most of the time in terms of keep cleaning their hands, uh, keeping distance, staying home, and not being out when they don't need to be doing all those kind of things, and. So in other words, it's by people being sensible and being treated as sensible people that we've got to where we're at. And suddenly they're treating us all like children. And do you think before the pubs opened, and including yourselves at Paris, Texas, that you will have to abide by strict screening and PPE and putting up screens maybe on the counter so that the customers are away from the staff. How do you envision that happening? Or, you know, what way do you think that's going to work out? Well, everyone is going to have to make their own decisions and no two premises are exactly the same. And the vital piece at the end of the day is is not how many screens you have is are your staff safe and are your customers safe and if the staff are safe they'll be happy working and if your customers are safe they'll be happy doing business with you and and i mean they will know and they will they will they will uh, uh, decide by where they go and where they don't go you'll know quick enough if you're doing it right people will tell you and the, the, that's what we have to do now and there will be the one you mentioned is the obvious one um if there are going to be people at the bar counter sitting, having their dinner, well, then there has to be a screen between them and the staff because the staff behind the counter can't avoid being there. And also, behind most counters, you'll have the glasses for, for beer and things right there. So if someone coughed or sneezed or whatever, you'd have to clean all your glasses again. So it makes sense that, that you have to have a barrier there. And where, where people put barriers or why they put barriers Will, will depend on how much space they have and how they're able to keep people apart so that they're safe from each other because you and your company are happy in, in your own little space but if you have someone too close to you um, or someone or where there's no barrier or screen between you then, then you mightn't feel safe and you mightn't be happy to go back there again so everywhere will have to deal with what are the issues for that premises and, and they will I mean I'm sure most people have it, have it done already um, or have their preparations ready. We, I know we have bought a certain amount of screens and we're looking at even getting some more. And what, if, we, if we get more, it will depend on whether we get any degree of business because we, we can't just 
buy everything we'd like. We have to be able to pay for it, so we have to do some business to be able to do it. And can you see it being um, a case of having limited number of customers in an establishment or in any establishment at any one time? Well, of course you will, because, I mean, it, it, it is partly a function of space. If people have to have a reasonable space between them, well, then then you can't put more people in that space. It has to be idle. It has to be, it has to be free space. So none of us will be fitting as many people as before, and particularly once you have people sitting at tables, whether they're having food or drink or combination of, then you won't have people standing. There won't be people standing at the bar. Like, you can obviously fit more people standing in a square metre than you can fit on chairs and tables in a square metre. So, obviously, there will be less people all the time. And that's, that's the big concern, is that even if we had every seat that we can uh, safely put in the place full, we don't know yet whether that will actually pay all the wages. We don't know if it will make it a viable business because it will be a fraction of what we were able to do before the COVID came. So it's going to be a case of the traditional people standing at a bar having a drink and a, and a chat. That's going to be a thing of the past. Do you think that's what's coming down the line? Well, it is for the foreseeable future. Um, and certainly, let's say that they are going to have to bring out more guidelines again for uh, what is for four and a half weeks' time when the bars that don't sell food are going to be allowed open on the 20th of July. There will have to be guidelines for them as well. And I I can only presume that they will be allowed to sit at the bar. But, you see, it's very hard to manage social distancing if people are standing because they, they could be... Could be uh, uh, rubbing shoulders or whatever and and especially with a few drinks they might the, the gap will disappear if they're sitting in a on a stool or in a feast that's in a prop in a in a defined space but then they won't have that problem and can you see it that it will be a case of like yourselves at Paris, Texas and other bars around Kilkenny that are serving food, that it will end up having to go outside and maybe setting setting up seating areas outside. Can you envision that happening in the future? Well, I like the idea of it, Anne, but I don't know how viable it is for, for two reasons. One is um, we can't depend on the weather. So if we were to put tables, say, out on, on the high street... Um, we, we can't be sure that we will have weather that will be fit to, to make them usable. And the second thing is that on the busy days and nights, there's a lot of people on the high street. And uh, so I, I don't see people who are sitting at a table feeling very safe if there's people milling around them, walking around them. You know, and how do you how do you define the space that I can use on the street or that anyone else can use on the street in Kilkenny? There are areas where... where uh, there are pedestrianised squares or, or very wide footpaths where it could be possible to take a bit of it and cordon it off or whatever. But for the most part, the streets in Kilkenny are narrow and the footpaths are narrow. And uh, while it's a lovely idea, I just don't see it as being a practical option. And then there's uh, another upheaval or an uncertainty as well about when the bars and pubs and, and clubs open up. Uh, will they be allowed to have music or have a DJ? So how do you feel about that? Yeah, um, I don't know is the short answer. And the, the live music one is... Uh, we, we don't have proper direction on that one either. 
I, I have heard that the publicans in Kerry, where which is a very tourism-based place, are talking about having live music, as in traditional Irish music, in August. But um, it will have to be very much a concert style, and it'll and, and a lounge concert style at that, so that you'll have the the musicians away from the people. And the people sitting at tables that are at least a, a meter apart, and maybe, and if they're not, they'll have to be screens separating them. It's it's it, it's not going to be an ideal scenario either. And we might have, it might be that we might wait and see what the Kerry people do. But I mean, there's nothing better than adversity to to uh, for people to come up with a bit of ingenuity. But uh, the bottom line is that staff have to be safe. So in this case, musicians have to be safe. And the customers have to be safe. So if it can be achieved, great, we learn from it. But it is certainly not going to be a simple thing, and, it's, and it won't be a simple thing in smaller premises. Yeah, because I was just about to say that. You said, like, concert-type um, idea. But if uh, a premise is of a, is of a small scale, that's yeah. not really going to work efficiently no, either. it's not. No, but you're, like, and we, we, we have music all the time in, in the front bar in Paris, Texas, which is a small bar of itself. And basically the, the two musicians um, are at, at the fireplace and, and, and the room's full of people. And I don't, and to have anything less would just make it, one, not viable, and to, to leave it the way it is, it's not safe. So um, it is going to be a huge issue for everyone who has music. And I think a lot of musicians are resigned that they won't be they won't be playing tunes anywhere for quite some time. But if we can, if we can ease the restrictions because things are improving, well then we'll we'll do it as we we'll take it one step at a time. The National Public Health Emergency Team they are planning on meeting on Thursday. So what kind of an outcome would you like to see, or would you like to hear as a result of this meeting? Well, I would reckon that they they should apply the same guidelines to bars that sell food as they do to, as they have already done to restaurants um, they're, they're trying to say that it's they're trading off these extra conditions for the one meter but if it's if it's a trade-off then it's not science anymore and the whole point of, of NFET was that they were the people to offer the science and then the government would would make uh, political and economic decisions but at the minute we seem to be we seem to be playing ducks and drakes with with the science so, like, yeah, like you said, it's it's all up in the air at the moment, and and sure there's a lot. Of and, and we're like we're only ten days away from supposed to be open. We need to be making decisions. We need to train our staff in what are going to be the new norms. We need to do lots of work, and we and and we are we're we're sitting on our hands here because we have no solid direction and solid clarity from the government. And does it mean as well? because of the, everything that's going on, does it mean like that pubs and restaurants are going to have to take on extra staff, maybe just for cleaning only, maybe going in and cleaning toilets and, and cleaning down the bars and, you know, just keeping a constant turnover of cleaning staff? Do you think we're that that's... To, yeah, we're going to need extra staff and for lots of jobs. I mean, we have to have a maitre d'. We have someone to meet and greet and bring it to your table at the front and to look after the bookings. We need someone doing that all the time. Not just on a busy Friday or Saturday night. We need someone doing that all the time. We need uh, at least one uh, cleaning every door handle, uh, tabletops, toilets. There will be things to be cleaned non-stop and there'll be no start or finish to it. It will be from the minute we open the door. Uh, and then we also have the situation that 
we need people to handle clean things and dirty things separately as in so we have one crew of people to bring you your dinner but there'll be separate people who won't handle uh, clean things they'll only handle dirty things to take away the plates and glassware after you're finished so it, there's, there's, there will be a significant extra requirement for staff there will be significant extra costs related to that and we have no notion of how many people come in the door or how much turnover we might do so it's 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 really learn as we go along here again. But it's, it's it's not going to be simple. It's not going to be easy. There's a huge percentage of the population who have are afraid, or who are of an age where they might feel they're at risk. And it's our job. The the, the vital piece for us is to create a situation where they feel safe, and our staff who have to come in every day feel safe as well. Yeah, and in your own words, you said like that, you need to get customers in the door to be able to pay staff. So you can't take on extra staff if you're not getting custom and you're not making money. Yeah, well, we have to. Mm. Well, not that we have to take on it. We, 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 we have to roster enough staff to be able to do all those jobs, whether, we, whether anyone comes in the door or not. We have to be there and ready to do it. And we have to have it in a way that is not only safe, but is seen to be safe. So it's, that's that's the that's the new norm for us now for the next while. And do you think it'll ever come a day that it will go back to what we would have known as normal, where the pub and club scene in Ireland was going in and in huge numbers and having a good laugh and a good crack as what Ireland is known for? Please God, I mean there have been there have been uh, uh, epidemics and pandemics before, and we have got over them or we have found solutions to them or we've got used to living with them or whatever so we have to get back to some sort of normality eventually it's just a matter of when and I'd say that we'll we'll get to Christmas this year without seeing normality Pat Crotty I just want to wish you the very best of luck on the opening up on June the 29th let's hope it does get back to some sort of normality and that you do see customers coming through your doors like they did in the past and people oh people are like hopefully will stand by their, their local pub or their local restaurant and when all of this does lift and things do get back to normal that they will stand loyal to their, their pub or their restaurant and come in and, and eat there and drink there like they did in the past yeah, please God we, we, we live in hope and we'll certainly be working to make sure that, that as I say, our staff and our customers will, will have nothing to fear in Paris, Texas. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Kilkenny Today is sponsored by Walsh's Toyota Kilkenny. Toyota, built for a better world. And if you've just tuned in, you're tuned to uh, Kilkenny Today with me, Anne Nolan, here on Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. And if you want to get in contact with the show and have your say, please do so on the phones on 056 77 627 or on the text line 086 353 7782 and we are streaming live around the world on www.communityradiocalkennycity.ie and you just click the listen live button and um, before the break there I was speaking to Pat Crotty who is the proprietor of Paris Texas Kilkenny and we were speaking there about uh, their 
opening up of their uh, bar and restaurant on the 29th of June and uh, the, uh, the worries and the excitement ahead with every with themselves at Paris, Texas and with every other bar and restaurant around Kilkenny and around the county and uh, hopefully everything will go according to plan and everything will get back to normal for them and people will start coming in and using their uh, businesses and, and people will... Um, it will come back to normal hopefully and like I said that uh, these businesses and all will uh, get back to normal and we'll see a rise in customers and in revenue and in around Kilkenny and the county. Now earlier on uh, today my colleague Morris O'Connor he spoke to the chairman of the Ogre Finnefall Kilkenny and Morris spoke to Eamon Doran all about the organisation that is here in Kilkenny. Um, Eamon, before we get into matters political and all the rest, I see from the Ogre Fall Facebook page that uh, all yourself, the Kilkenny branch, and indeed all the branches around the country are involved in an Irish Cancer Society fundraiser. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, um, ourselves in Kilkenny didn't organise it. It's more of a national event. Yeah. So basically, since, since we're all at home, we have more time and a lot of people aren't exercising as much as they will because gyms and stuff like that are closed. So in an effort to get us out exercising, but also to raise money for a much-needed cause, we've decided to do a challenge where you have to walk, cycle, run, or swim 50 kilometers in 15 days. Now you can do a combination of the four, and it's to raise money for Irish Cancer Society. So every over unit, they can do it as a unit together, or you can do it individually. Ourselves and Kenny, we're doing it individually. And we are looking to, well, ourselves, we don't name 20 euro to the Cancer Society, but through Facebook pages, like I know Chuck Clear, he's shared it as well. So hopefully we can get an extra few funds from there because, uh, like our, ourselves, we we can do Arabic, but for the for the public to be able to help us out in such needed cause for such a good charity, we would really appreciate any help possible. Like it's not a political thing whatsoever. It's just us doing a bit of exercise for a good cause. Yeah, and it's exactly. It's a great idea, right? That you actually taking a leverage off the, the the benefit that you get yourselves from doing the bit of exercise when gyms aren't open, all right? And actually do something positive um, for a very deserving cause. Yeah. And so fair dues to you, fair dues to you on that, and I hope that goes very well for you. Um, now, yeah. So back to the politics side of things, I see from uh, material online that you're 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 in uh, just finishing fifth year in CBS. You've been involved in the CBS Student Council. Is that kind of where the, the seeds of interest in politics came from? 100%, yeah, true transition year. That's where it all came from. Yeah, and one of the things as well I, I see you've done, you've also been a delegate to an Edmund Rice Schools Trust National Conference, and there were themes around mental health, disability issues, direct provision, and human rights mentioned. Um, like, have you, or, or the local branch here in Kilkenny of Ogrefina Fall, are, are those kind of things that you guys are particularly interested in, or is it something just personal for yourself that those themes were of interest to you? Well, a bit more really like um over nationally we'll work on a lot of those things now in O'Kenny we have a good we have a big interest in mental health and the approach that we look at is the effect of drugs on mental health and drug abuse because um like we have like a few of us have seen negative effects of drugs in our friends and like we know what harm they can do and like drug abuse is a big thing for mental health and we feel that if we can help like if we can help people with drug abuse that's a huge thing for mental health because a lot of time drugs and mental health be tied together 
that's the approach mm. we're taking on at the moment. Yeah, it's nearly that one. Yeah, it's it's nearly a chicken and egg thing. Like, does mental health stress or anxiety lead to kind of drug taking and drug taking then leads to further mental health stress, which yeah. kind of completes the circle and it's all very vicious. So it's breaking that. And are there any kind of practical things that yourselves in the branch have been involved in, or other organisations that you've reached out to that that um, maybe touch on the lives of people who are going to be experiencing things that put them at risk of uh, getting involved in drug abuse? Well, like, I, I, I myself go to Astro Youth, like, you know, the youth club in, in town, yeah. and they have a, a program called Evolution on kind of drug abuse and all that. So that's that's all I've done at the moment because the old Kenny, we've only performed a month and a bit, and we've been formed during lockdowns. We haven't, we haven't got a chance to be able to work with such organisations. But like I've done programs myself, like the evolution program, which have shown me the effects of drug use. Yeah, you sound like um, a young man. I don't. Uh, this is a compliment and not a kind of a slag. And you sound like a young man who's to use the the very common, well, the kind of cool word at the moment, woke, quite woke <laughs> on a, on a number of issues. Um, so I, 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 I'd expect I'd expect by the sound of things, I know I think I know what the answer to the next question is going to be. Um, I know you're going into sixth year. We, we won't get into the difficulties that all, all that the education system is facing at the moment. But uh, assuming you come out the other end of that and uh, getting in, into a third level at some point, either next year or whenever, um, you, can you see yourself with a future in student politics as well? With whatever wherever you go, the local branches. Fianna Fáil? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'd love to get I'd love to get involved in the in the Fianna Fáil branch in UCC. Oh, is that where you'd, you'd be like yeah. to go? On any any plans for what you'd like to do there at this stage? Uh, government politics degree. Really. Yeah. Gosh, well, then you're 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 absolutely heading towards uh, a career in politics, are you? Because uh, I was, was going to ask you um, towards the end of the chat, but you may as well do it now. Is um, it sounds like as if you 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 have definite ambitions for a long term career in politics? Yeah. Well, hopefully, you'll be see, seeing me on the ticket for Kilkenny City in the local elections, twenty twenty four. So. Okay, well that's first up. So yeah, to to be a, a councillor, yeah, twenty twenty four, and you'd be well, yeah, well yeah. prepared and stuff for that. But I suppose you you might even have a, be coming towards the end or kind of at the end, just at the end of a of a primary degree in college uh, by that stage. So who knows mm. what you what you might want to do, and then further on from that, would you would there be an ultimate ambition to be a, a candidate for a general election at some point? Definitely, definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so you're you're very committed, very enthusiastic, and energetic about all of this, um, Eamon. Uh, kind of another obvious question around uh, around all this is um, why Fianna Fáil? I just feel that their policies work me the best. You know, they've done a lot for education, either through free second level education. That, like, even though I was back in the sixties, that has made life so much better for millions of people in Ireland all the way through. Yeah. And I just, I've always liked their, I've always liked their ideas, what they've done for Ireland. I just. I, I really think it's for me. It's it's the place for me. I like it. Yeah, yeah. And you, you mentioned earlier on knowing um, Peter Chapclear, of course, uh, just finished off his year as Cahirlach of Kilkenny County Council, being replaced by Councillor Andrew McGuinness, who we had on the show here in Kilkenny today, just uh, just yesterday. Um, and we had a big, long chat with Andrew. And so, do you know Andrew as well? I do, yeah. Actually, himself and Chapclear would be the two councillors that kind of, they're working with us to want to kind of get over on again. Good. Yeah, is it so a vibrant branch here in in Kilkenny? I know you've got you've got yourself, and we may as well mention your four um, your other co-officers. Uh, obviously, these yourself as Cahirlach, um, Brendan Brandon Parr, sorry, is the secretary. Gavin Warren is PRO, and uh, Martin Cullen is the uh, treasurer. So um, uh, they're, they're the core group. Obviously, how, how many more people are involved in Ogrefina Fall here in Kilkenny? Uh, it's, it's, it's just it's just five of us at the moment. The four in the commission, one order member. But we're, we're, we're we are we're slowly going. We're getting more reach, and we are getting more members. Because I think this time three months ago it was just it was just two of us. So we're at five at the moment. So 
if we get seven or nine by August, it'd be yeah. great. Yeah. How's like, the gender balance going? It doesn't look too good from the point of view of the, the officers so far. Yeah, no, cur- currently we don't, but like, if you look at the minutes from our meetings, it's something that we are very focused on. Yeah. Because at the moment, like, we all kind of know each other. Like, I would have known one of the members and another one of the members, um, Gavin, he was involved in DCU for the fall. That's how we got involved locally because right. he lives in clinic. So even though we don't currently have gender balance, it's something, it's a big issue for us. And yeah. something we're very focused on. Yeah. Because we understand that, we understand this, it's an issue and it's a need to have. Yeah. What do you think of this uh, general idea then while we're on the subject of gender balance, the idea of um, which comes around and might come around the next time at the local elections uh, of quotas for candidates? Well, like, it it encourages people to get involved. It does encourage people to get involved because at the end of the day, you have your quota, but still the best candidate will be selected, whether it be male or female. Like, you'll you'll have your quota and the best female candidate will be selected for the job and the best male candidate will be selected for the job. So it's not being done to kind of just put people out or saying, oh, well, they're only getting the sequence to quota. I believe that if someone's ready for the job, they'll be selected for the, for the candidacy. Yeah, maybe it's a kind of an artificial stimulus to, to encouraging women to get involved in, in politics uh, it's, until it naturally, it? organically happens. Yeah. 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 Um, so moving on then uh, a wee bit just to, to the activities, and you do you seem to have an active um, Facebook page anyway, uh, uh, Ogre Kilkenny, I think it is on Facebook, and uh, I'd noticed on the page that you you've had uh, something up, just noting or uh, the, the highlights as you'd see them of your um, your May 2020 AGM, which of course you would have had to host on Zoom because of the restrictions. Mm, yeah, um, and you put together a committee. One of the things I um, was was interested in is that you very clearly had a, a vote. Uh, opposing the coalition with Fine Gael. Like, tell yeah. us about the, the debate or the discussion around that and how did, how did the vote fall out that way? Well, like, in February, we had a, we had a National Council in Dublin and we put up the motion, can, can over Fine Gael as a whole support or oppose the coalition with Fine Gael? We voted to oppose by a majority of two to one. Now, we didn't vote whether we could, we could support coalition with Sinn Féin. That was the first next council, but unfortunately, that was cancelled because of coronavirus. But units throughout the country after that, they've taken their own votes. Now, the majority have voted against. A few have voted in favour, of course. But the majority of units have voted against to support coalition with Fine Right, OK. Um, but now, of course, it's uh, kind of inching closer to, to uh, you know, the, the outcome of the, the national vote uh, with all the Fianna Fáil members in that. Do, do yourselves and your Ogre Fianna Fáil uh, colleagues here in Kilkenny and around the country, do you guys get a vote in that? If you're a paid member for one year, you get a vote. So a few, a few of us will. Yes. Yeah, and there's no, there's not a general like. Is there an age thing like there is in no, voting no. in an election? No. No. So you can at any stage you just pay up and you can, you can vote. Yeah. So you'll be uh, presumably you'll be uh, pitching in your vote against, or will you be pitching in your vote against the the program for government? Not being in like if you start from the position of not wanting a coalition in the first place. Well, I myself don't have a vote. I've only been a paid member for six months. I should be a paid member for a year. But I know the majority of paid members I know in Ogre will be opposing such a coalition. And if I did have a vote, I would be opposing. So it really doesn't matter, you think, or do you think it doesn't matter what might be in the programme for government, the idea, the whole principle of coalition uh, with, with Fine Gael and well, like, uh, the uh, Greens, uh, you just don't want? No, it's not, it's not that I just don't want. Like, I'm, of course, I'm going to read through the programme. Program. We all are going to read through it. But... The image of Ogre Fianna Fáil still stands, we cannot support coalition with Fianna Gael. Because the main reason for me is, it's through insurance and wage rates and stuff like that. So for myself, I'm young lad, I'm 17. If I want to get car insurance, that's for the, that's the bonus of 4,000 euro. And that, that's just too expensive. And then let alone the price of insurance and the car costs. I I can't see Fine Gael delivering on making that better for me because under them, this was allowed to happen. 
So mm. the program government, of course, like we, we have all our TDs, like Deputy McGuinness locally, he always said that we should be well, we should be including Sinn Fein in talks. But I like he he's kind of he's so much supportive. Like he's saying, like we should read through it. Of course, like you should read through it and form an opinion before voting on it. So it, it could be good. You know, I'm getting sure it myself. A few bits of it are good in fairness, but whether it's actually going to be delivered on or not, I don't know. Yeah, so it kind of sounds like as if, although you kind of were coming from a position uh, yourselves in the Ogre of Fianna Fáil branch here in Kilkenny, have been against the idea of coalition, you'd be kind of coming still at the programme for government with an open mind. Yeah, you have to open mind in everything. You have to yeah. open mind in everything, but at the end of the day, if our members don't have faith in Fine Gael's liver, our members will not vote for coalition in Fine Gael. Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll be interesting. See, as I say, we'll see the outcome of that uh, probably by the end of next week, and uh, we'll we'll move on. Um, uh, if, if the the other uh, kind of scenario, which some people describe as doomsday scenario, appeared, and uh, the whole thing fell apart because of one of the party's members not uh, proving the deal, or one or more of them, and there was a general election now again, well, would you be would you be able to vote? Have you have you reached the eighteen yet? No, no, unfortunately, I haven't. No. When when will that happen? No, not till December. December, all oh, right, yeah. you'd have a while to wait yet. But anyway, yeah, and again, some people mightn't even think that uh, any coalition between Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, the Greens might even last that long anyway. So you might get a chance to vote in a general election um, before too long. But in the meantime, you're obviously uh, one person who has been very actively engaged with uh, politics and the whole political process and thinking about issues. So we look forward to following yeah. your political career yourselves and your colleagues in Ogre, Fianna Fáil, Kilkenny, Eamon. Um, thanks for joining us. It's been great talking to you. Great. Thanks very much. We are Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Kilkenny Tourism is calling on all photography enthusiasts to enter a new competition entitled Photographer of the Year 2020. On the phone now to tell us more about this great competition is Colin Ahern, who is the chairperson of Kilkenny Tourism and he's the general manager of the Kilkenny Ormond Hotel. So welcome to Community Radio Kilkenny City, Colin. Thank you very much for having me. You're more than welcome. So first of all, tell us a little bit about this brilliant competition that's going to go ahead and how people can get involved. Look, it, it, uh, it, it really is exciting. Um, I suppose in, in, in the digital world we're living in now, uh, the imagery that we use to promote Kilkenny to both, you know, to, to nationally and also internationally has never been more important. You know, I, around when, when before we had a pandemic and we were going to have an Irish Open, um, at that time, you know, people were talking about spending spending hundreds of thousands of euros creating imagery and videos to to promote Ireland around the world. So it's really important that that, that, that what we have and what we use is high quality and, uh, and and looks really, really well. So with that in mind, uh, and to improve the, the images that we have, uh, we decided to run this competition. Uh, it's open to everyone. Um, and it's, there, there are kind of six different categories, medieval, Kilkenny, landscapes, off the grid, natural world, streetscapes, and faces of Kilkenny. And what we want people to do is to log on to our website, uh, visit kilkenny.ie, all the information is there, and send us their pictures. Um, the competition will run until the 30th of September, um, and then at the end of it, the, the panel of judges will pick five finalists, one um, from each category and one overall winner. Um, from each category, and then one general overall individual winner. 
uh, and that person um, and all those winners will win prizes um, that, that include um, overnight stays in some of Kilkenny's top hotels including Lyrath, New Park Hotel and my own hotel, the Kilkenny Ormond Hotel so I think it's very exciting uh, it's a great opportunity for people to, uh, to enter a competition and it's a great opportunity for Kilkenny tourism to get some really great imagery that will help us promote and get visitors back into our city and county again and what sort of technology does people need to take part in this competition? Do they need expensive cameras or can they do it just on their normal phone? I think it's highly, it's highly likely that a number of, of, of the finalists, um, if not all of the finalists, will, 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 will have photographs taken on their phones. Um, absolutely. Um, I mean, any level of technology, once someone can um, email a photograph um, and um, they have that the ability to do that, they'll be able to enter the competition. And then when they enter the competition and you receive their photograph, where are the photographs displayed for people to look at? Everything will be on visitkilkenny.ie and the imagery can be used thereafter by visitkilkenny.ie to promote and market Kilkenny. And is there an age limit? There's no... The, 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 the only thing we ask people to do is to, uh, is to uh, remember responsible social distancing and adhere to HC guidelines at all times when they're out and about and taking photographs or anything like this at all. Well, Colin, can you give out the website again of where people can send their, their photographs to yourselves? Certainly. It's visitkilkenny.ie and if you log on to that, there's, there's a, a link um, to, to the competition. You click on that and all the details that you need to know are on that and they're very clear. And uh, yeah, look, it, it, it's running until the 30th of September and I think it's just a great opportunity for people to get involved and there's some really, really great prizes, um, you know, two-night stays, in, in, as I said, in places like Lyrat. So it's quite, uh, it's quite impressive and we look forward to getting many, many entries to the competition. And also as well, it's keeping it local and it's, it's bringing in business and bringing in people, local people, back into the city of Kilkenny and even the environs such as out at Lyrat and it's keeping it local, as we said. Look, I mean, Kilkenny Tourism's main, main uh, aim is to, promote, um, is to promote Kilkenny to, first of all, to, to domestic visitors and then to the international visitors. So, I mean, our, you know, you know, taking taking that in mind, it's just as important for us to get to get local people um, using um, our tourist uh, our tourist facilities and our bars and our restaurants and our experiences into Kenny City just as much as we want to get those people coming from Dublin or even further afield from the states and, and North America and from Europe. So, you know, we're we're going to be doing our utmost to ensure that we get as many visitors to come back to our great city and county and this is something that's going to help us do that. Yeah, and Kilkenny has seen a huge hit like everywhere else because of the lockdown. So, like you said, this is a fantastic idea that will bring people back into the city and from further afield than just in Ireland, from maybe from America and Canada and all these lovely places that people come and love to come to visit Kilkenny from. Tourism was worth to to the to Kilkenny's economy. Tourism tourism last year was worth 180 million euros, and that's basically been wiped out. And we have to start and build again. 
Um, and, you know, as it stands at the moment, we have to start building with uh, local uh, Kilkenny people. And in a couple of weeks' time, we'll be able to open um, the doors of restaurants and hotels to people from around our country. And it'll be some time before we're able to welcome international visitors again. So, you know, we really need to, we really need to do everything we can to get uh, Irish people to, to visit Kilkenny and enjoy um, everything we have to offer. But, but we'll do that. It'll be, it'll, be a long, it'll be a long, hard slog and it'll be a difficult few years. But I have no doubt um, when, I, when I'm sitting here in 2022, I'll be looking at occupancy levels and international visitor levels that were there in 2019. Um, it's just that once people get the confidence to move and travel again, and that's all we can do. Well, can I just wish you the very best of luck uh, to yourself and all your colleagues at Kilkenny Tourism and the best of luck as well with the Photographer of the Year competition 2020. On June the 19th, community radio stations from across Ireland will be coming together to tell their stories. My story, your stories, our stories. So tune in to your community radio station on Friday the 19th from 12 till 4 to hear all the stories on National Community Radio Day. Brought to you by Community Radio Ireland, hosted by 92.5 Phoenix FM and supported by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland. Kilkenny's only community radio station. Local like you. Hi, uh, this is Michael Walsh. Uh, I'm chair of the board of the community radio Kilkenny City. Uh, during the last five weeks of self-isolation or cocooning, uh, I, like, like the rest of the nation, have been listening to radio for far longer periods. And it's obvious to us uh, that our listenership has exploded during this crisis. The level of texts and requests have increased dramatically. This is increase has been a great boost to all involved at the station, particularly the management, staff and presenters. It is worth mentioning that all our presenters are volunteers and give hours each week preparing and presenting their programmes. For this I, on behalf of the board and the loyal listeners, would like to express our sincere thanks. In doing so, I also remember those presenters who are, because of cocooning or self-isolation, are not able to present programmes at this time. Hopefully, they will be back able to hear them again on air again soon. All our programmes continue with the help of other presenters covering for their comrades. On behalf of the board, I thank all our listeners for their continued support and urge them to comply with the COVID-19 requests. Wash your hands regularly. Practice social distancing, and above all, stay safe. We all want to stay safe and protect each other from coronavirus. We do this by cleaning our hands, social distancing and covering sneezes and coughs. We can also do this by wearing a face covering. Face coverings help prevent people who don't know they have the virus from spreading it to others. They should be worn anywhere it's difficult to stay two metres apart, like shops or public transport, or when visiting anyone who's more at risk. Wear a face covering. Stay safe. Protect each other. See hse.ie for more. Some of us are finding being outdoors hard. Keep in mind people with disabilities, including the visually impaired. Social distancing can pose real challenges. So just in case, offer support and step aside to give space. We're in this together. For more wellbeing advice, see gov.ie slash together, an initiative of the Government of Ireland. Kilkenny's only community radio station. Local like you. 
Yes, and we are Kilkenny's only community radio station and we are local. And before the, the break there and the announcements from the HSC, I was speaking to a Colin Ahern, who is the chairperson of Kilkenny Tourism and he's the general manager also of the Kilkenny Ormond Hotel. And we were speaking there about a great photography competition and it's called Photographer or Photography of the Year 2020. And uh, if you want to get involved in that and send in your photos, uh, please do on uh, visitkilkenny.ie and that is opened until September. So there's lots and lots of time there to send in your photographs and they will be displayed, like Colin said, on visitkilkenny.ie and then down the line as well, they're going to be used for Kilkenny tourism and that is to promote Kilkenny in all its splendour and all its glory and to get people to come and visit our city here and uh, our medieval city and uh, which is a great and also in there as well there was an announcement as well from Phoenix FM who is one of our sister community radio stations based in Dublin and uh, as part of uh, National Community Radio Station Day 2020 Phoenix FM will be hosting uh, an open uh, a day up there a special day uh, in their radio station and ourselves here will be getting involved in that as well as loads and loads of other radio stations 21 full licensed community radio stations from all over Ireland will be getting involved in this great day and from ourselves here in Kilkenny to Dublin to Athlone to Cork to all over and uh, it's all about Friday is going to be all about community radio station in Ireland and the meaning of community radio stations here in Ireland and what they all do and the help and the support that they give and ourselves included that we give to everybody out there and everybody has a voice everybody that comes through the doors here has a voice and if you out there have an organisation or you have an event coming up or if you're part of a community group or whatever it is it's this is where you you come and like all community radio stations we all have the same ethos and the doors are always opened and everybody is always welcome so that's all about um, community radio stations from all over Ireland and we're all going to come together for National Community Radio Station Day 2020 which is on Friday the 19th of June and normally we would be able to open our doors and we take in visitors which we do every year but unfortunately due to the lockdown and the social distancing we are not allowed to do it this year but um, we'll be there in spirit and we'll be still broadcasting the best of music and the best of entertainment as well on Friday and all the the programmes through will be dedicating something or other to community radio and national community radio station day 2020 and that is all in association with the broadcasting authority of Ireland and uh, support from the broadcasting authority of Ireland and uh, if like I said if you want to get involved on and you want to have uh, maybe ring in or text in and have a say and and maybe let us know how we have helped you in the past um, and us here at Community Radio Kilkenny City if we've helped you in the past or we can help you in the future by all means 
text us and or ring us in and let us know all about it. We'd love to hear. And uh, same thing as getting requests and dedications and all that being read out on air as well. And our own manager, Declan Gibbons, he'll be up at the event and we will be linking in with him from Phoenix and he will be up there in Phoenix FM on the day and we will link in with Declan uh, throughout the day. Community Radio, Kilkenny City, the voice of the Marble City. Yes, and that's exactly what we are here. We are the voice of the Marble City and uh, it's uh, it's what we do and it's exactly what we're here for. And uh, it, like, I'm going to go to a little announcement now from one of our presenters that is not here because he's cocooning, but uh, this is from Mike O'Brien. Hello there, I'm Mike O'Brien. Normally I present the Live at Lunchtime programme on Fridays from 12 to 2 here on Community Radio Kilkenny City. But these are not normal times, and like many of you, I'm in lockdown and will be for the foreseeable future. Meanwhile, our manager and a dedicated bunch of volunteers keep the show going. We thank you, the listeners, for your continued support and encouragement in these difficult times, and we hope an answer can be found for this virus so that we can all get back to a normal life again. Be safe. Take care of one another. The Voice of the Black and Amber. Community Radio, Kilkenny City, 88.7 FM. Yes, and thank you there to Mike O'Brien and to Declan for those announcements. And that is all I have time for on Kilkenny today uh, for another show. And uh, thanks so very much to the people who contributed to the show, to Colin Ahern and uh, also as well to Eamon Dorn, uh, who is speaking to my colleague Marce O'Connor and to Pat Crotty as well. And also as well, thanks to Marce O'Connor for co-producing the show today. So stay tuned for more great programmes coming up after me. We are Community Radio Kilkenny City 88.7 FM.